my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Hayworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. And uh, it, it was a good show. And uh, we, we talked about some important topics today, and, and we got we got pretty dark at the end. <laughs> Fair warning. Uh, we got pretty dark, uh, a little dystopian. Um, but uh, it, it, we had to discuss some things that's been on, on both of our minds for a while. So I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Ian, guys, please, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you are on iTunes, please take literally 10 seconds uh, to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Hey, I'm excited. I'm looking like I'm going to beat you in our fantasy matchup this week. So the stars are finally aligning. It does look that way. It does look that way, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, you and I faced off this week. I um, I think it's if because you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and the kicker for the Packers yep. tonight. It's a Packers heavy team. And I mean, so I think I'm I'm ahead by like 33 points. So all you need is 34 points from those three guys combined, which is like very likely. So I, but I like the Packers too. I'm not rooting against your team to win i just hope they hand the ball off 55 times to aaron jones and <laughs> and he just carries the team on his back to a victory he has like a career high running game <laughs> just break all the records he's just the second coming of adrian peterson yeah hey man i can i can hope i will say the uh the only player like the one bright spot it looks like i just lost deontay johnson probably for the year or two steelers receiver that sucks but uh the one bright spot i really reached i, I drafted cooper cup way early way earlier than i mm-hmm. had to even i just had a good feeling about him and stafford this year and he's the only reason why my fantasy team is even competitive because <laughs> he's like oh yeah i mean the wide receiver one overall in the whole league and like i would just be getting blown out both weeks if, if it wasn't for him Yes, like I think he's double all of your other players, from what I can see. Oh yeah, it's not close. It is not close. So Ian, uh, I'm guessing you didn't attend the FBI rally on Saturday. I... <laughs> I, the tickets were all sold out. It was such a high attended <laughs> event. I just couldn't get in. It's like, man, the feds are so obvious that it's embarrassing. It's like they're not even good at this. Like. I mean, just the premise, justice for January 6th. It's like, guys, I get it. You want to trick Republicans into doing something crazy. Nice try. But, like, the fact that there's only, like, 15 or 20 attendees and 600 journalists. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, it, it's incredible. Well, I think it just says everything you need to know about just the desire for something bad to happen. That I think we should always remember right now there are a lot of journalists and a lot of people on the left who are sad that something didn't happen. Yeah. That's, like, the, the deepest story here. Like, whenever the right isn't, batshit insane and they're not always not batshit insane they do have the moments but in this case 
as you said, sort of 15, 16 people showed up. It was a non-event, <laughs> like many of these other non-events. Like this isn't the first time this has happened. But people are disappointed. Like they want them to lose their mind because then it makes it very easy to not point at Joe Biden and say, well, you think Joe Biden's bad. At least they're not storming the Capitol or showing up in their dozens in D.C., <laughs> outnumbered by the journalists. <laughs> showing up in their dozen in Washington, D.C. It's incredible. <laughs> they had a couple hundred Capitol police officers in full riot gear and like ARs and stuff. Like, I mean, it, was, it was completely embarrassing display by the government <laughs> i mean and then the the obvious i mean there was probably a hundred undercover fbi agents and they were so i'm sure everybody i'll i'll tweet it out if, if somebody lives under a rock and missed it but like the photos were <laughs> hilarious man like oh so the, funny these guys i mean they they weren't even it's like they i don't know man they don't even know how to look like normal people you know like, they were all, like all the feds were wearing the same outfit they all had, like matching sunglasses and stuff at one point uh the fbi arrested an undercover cop because they lost track of who was who and stuff like that it's like oh he's got a gun and then they like pull out his badge like oh sad trombone but it's like man like i, I can't but i'm surprised there was a single person like a single republican that showed up like this was so clearly bait by the feds that like mm-hmm I mean, I guess it is heartening to see that, that people stayed home, but, like, man, the the, the feds, are, they suck at this, man. I, I can't believe anybody was fooled into this. I just, I'm looking at the picture right now. It is just glorious. It's like they all went and, like, Googled sort of normal person outfit. <laughs> like, they all have the same, same similar shorts. They all have black socks with various styles of sneakers. They all have a kind of off-brand T-shirt. They all have exactly the same sunglasses. <laughs> it's like not even the same style. And they all have the same haircut. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They do have <laughs> the just... same... They do have all that same, like, uh, Gestapo white guy fascist haircut, too, man. Like, just yeah, very I mean, fitting of a fed. Yeah. It's just an oldie but a goodie. You know, stick with what works. It's a classic. <laughs> do they just walk into the barbershop and, like, give me the fed? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, man. It's like, yeah, you look at that and all you see is like the end of uh, one of the Matrix sequels where it's just a bunch of Agent Smith standing around <laughs> looking around. It's like that's that's what I see when I see these people. But, man, amazing stuff. I mean, the FBI, they, they sure spent a lot of time trying to figure out ways to arrest Republicans. I mean, probably why they were too busy to arrest the doctor who was molesting young gymnasts for 10 years, you know, like priority. Yeah, it's, really, right? it's really no... Uh... No guesswork required as to why people get away with various things. If you're on the left, you can basically do what you want for a very long time. Um, I think the FBI is continuing to show itself to be pretty much. I mean, I think the people who work in the lower levels, same with most organizations, uh, I think doing things for good reasons and working hard and trying to make the country a better place. But again, it's just the yeah, not those guys, not those guys on Saturday. Not, not those, no, that's true. Not the, not the they gentleman told, that showed up on Saturday. I doubt they decided they wanted to go. I think there's there's like a deep state element here of just the fact that the FBI is just another leftist tool that every time uh, the Democrats are in power, they are just used as hitmen against the few Republicans left. And then they just run cover for Democrats when they're in power. It's, uh, it's not great to see. And I think it's just another institution that is just lost at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, when, when all of these agencies are staffed at the top level by leftists, you know, ardent, mm-hmm. you know, religious leftists. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, if if the next Republican president elected um, doesn't just clean house, I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, well, they should it, do it every time. The fact that they don't is insane. Like, you come into any job and say, oh, yeah, the, your, 
your predecessor, who you despise, elected this person. It's like the fact that James Comey wasn't fired on the first day of Trump's presidency is a joke. Right. Right. I don't, you know, I, it, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, because this keeps, keeps happening. I mean, it was the same thing under, under Bush, you know, in the early, mm-hmm. early 2000s. I don't know. Republicans, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for him to wake up, you know. I think a guy maybe like well, DeSantis just... would, would, would know what to do in that in that situation. I think he's he he knows how the sausage is made of being in Congress yep. for a long time and everything. So maybe somebody like that. But yeah, it is it's astonishing that uh that Trump was unwilling or unable to uh to clean house. I mean he had four years. You know, I don't uh he does a lot of complaining about the deep state now, but brother you, you could do something about that. <laughs> you know, he absolutely mm-hmm. could have done something about it and he didn't. So um I, I don't really know why. I imagine a lot of this is also just knowing what to do when I, I think trump did a lot of things great but i also think it's the, really his first time ever in any government system um, and so i think the amount of stuff he said he would do he kind of has a tendency to promise a lot of things and deliver some of them um i think just things like the fbi are one of those those issues that's incredibly important but didn't seem maybe as sexy to donald trump as other things um I wish we could have maybe swapped the FBI for Afghanistan, maybe just ignored Afghanistan, kept the status quo there and done some more <laughs> things domestically. But such is life. That's not the cards we were dealt. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Afghanistan, the military admitted um, that they were wrong last month when they said they drone bombed an ISIS fighter. Um, it was, in fact, a family of an aid worker, 10 civilians dead, including seven children. Uh, no statement from Joe Biden. He doesn't he doesn't care. Um, he was busy sitting on a beach all weekend, along with the murder of, of children in Afghanistan. Uh, 12,000 Haitian migrants crossed the Rio Grande and set up camp under a bridge in Texas. That's uh, terrific. Um, I'm sure they're all vaccinated, too. <laughs> um, of course. Um, the, the White House booster plans were blown up, and the French withdrew their ambassador from the United States. Again, Biden was on vacation uh, directly following all of this. All of these news stories broke within, like, 45 minutes of each other on Friday, <laughs> by the way. It was like an avalanche of bad news for the Biden presidency. But um, they, they, they just don't care. Biden went on vacation. Uh, no one from the White House has answered any questions. Um, the Sunday shows, nobody talked about it. Afghanistan, the border, the French, nothing. Um, it was all COVID. They had Fauci on all the Sunday programs uh, trying to distract Americans from Biden's disastrous week. Well, this is also what we should expect for the rest of his presidency, because once the the dam starts to break on issues like this, it'll just keep happening. I mean, just let's just start with immigration. Just the fact that we've had an ongoing border crisis for months at this point. If this was happening under Trump, the same as all these issues, the, it's all the media could talk about. But he... They are in his pocket, and so they are covering for him. And we are seeing on a daily basis the outcome of having a senile, decrepit president with no real control of what's going on. And he doesn't, even when he wasn't senile, he didn't really care about anything being true or false. He just cared about like remaining in power. power so he'll yeah. say what he needs to to carry on. He never cared about any of these issues. All this America is back. We're going to push diplomacy. Like All of this is nonsense. Like, I actually think the deal with Australia and the UK is a good one. But again, the way Biden did it, just basically, uh, I saw a, a good analogy was it's like being broken up with via text, just like the way the French, who are one of America's closest allies for hundreds of years, just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're we're torpedoing a deal. Sorry. It's um, it's just not good. Like the America is back stuff that Joe Biden promised just never got delivered. And I think people are waking up to the fact that, again, foreign policy, he is garbage. 
garbage. Absolute garbage. And yeah, the 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 deal with Australia, then I, I probably a lot of the audience doesn't even know what that's all about because it barely made any headlines. But essentially, I'll just I'll boil it down to in mm-hmm. layman's terms that the French were going to sell the Aussies a bunch of old crappy submarines and then we were like, "Hey, you could have these nice new awesome submarines." And the Aussies were like, "Yeah, we'll go with that." Um and the French were all butthurt about it. Um they'll get over it. They're the French. Also, but, let's, but, but, let's but not like, forget. But like you said, I mean, the the French are one of America's closest allies going back 250 years. Um, and you, you can't just pull the plug on, on some deal between two of our allies without any warning. I mean, that, that was just a, a horrible thing to do to France. Well, also, let's not forget the French submarines come with free white flags. So that's, that's good. That's true. That, that is true. Pastries and uh, white flags. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just, the instruction he, books are in German for your convenience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, man. I mean, they should thank us for not uh, complaining about us in German. So you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just the fact that the press. I mean, they they know. I mean, they know where their bread is buttered, and that is COVID. I mean, they they love COVID so much. I mean, they, this pandemic is the best thing that's ever happened to the Democratic Party and to the press. They know that they can whip people up into a frenzy and and get distract them from literally anything. I mean, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, side note on, on the southern border crisis. I mean, th- this is a larger crisis on the southern border than probably ever in this nation's history. Um, I don't I don't know how the heck 12,000 migrants from Haiti show up in Mexico and then cross the river into Texas. That's a whole nother story. You know, people talk about like the George Soros money and all that stuff. It's like, hey, man, all right, they, they got to they got to Mexico somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how. But um. I mean, the drone bombing of, of, you know, Afghani children and all this. It's like, it doesn't say anything good about the the republic that the the American voters are this easily distracted. They're they're this easily propagandized. Um, but it's working. I mean, if they've learned, the press has learned. If you put Fauci out there, they will forget about Afghanistan. They'll forget about the southern border. They'll forget about property rights. <laughs> They'll forget about anything. Yep. Um, I don't know how long they can keep this up, but it's amazing. And look, man, and th- this isn't just on the press and on Joe Biden. It's on the people. It's on the American mm-hmm. people. I mean, I, they they are insulting the intelligence of the American people, and they're right. I mean, they're right. I mean, th- these people, the American people, are pretty stupid. Um, they will go along with it. They will go along with, with the Fauci propaganda, and they'll stop asking questions about Afghanistan. So in- until the American people wake up, nothing's going to change. Well, I think it's all of this is caused by really one thing, which is a lack of any other values beyond the selfish and the immediate. I think a lot of um, fundamental institutions of thought in America have been eroded. So like the issue of community, things like religion, they've all been taken away to the point that really you as an individual is all that matters to people. But in the context of collectivism, so it's a very strange, I want to survive at any cost. And so something like COVID is, the reason COVID is the issue that they can rely on is that it's like a reminder for everyone who doesn't have any other value beyond their own selfishness, that they are mortal and you, you have a chance of dying really at any point in your life. And so people don't care about Afghanistan because they're not the one being droned by US forces randomly. They don't really care about the border because they're not really living on the border. And so the impact isn't going to be immediate. But something like COVID is terrifying because, oh my God, I could die of this. So I don't care what policies need to get enforced. If the government can protect me, which, of course, they can't, but that's the message that's always pushed, the government are there to protect me and they must do everything they can to protect me. I think it's a very dangerous road we're on because it just 
ignores all fundamental things that made America so wonderful in the first place. Just the idea of responsibility is just going out the window at this point. There is no one who wants to take responsibility for their, their selves or their community. And there's no one who wants to accept that risk is fundamental to the benefits of freedom. You can't be free and also without responsibility. And the Democratic Party are just licking their lips with this when you have a populace who are just willing to go along with anything in return for the promise that you'll be kept alive, which, of course, no government can ever provide. Yeah, and the divide between the left and the right in this country, too. I mean, we, we, we on the right, we look at what's happening in Australia, for instance, and we're terrified, obviously. I mean, it's, it's a fascist state. Everybody's locked in their houses. If you leave, you'll be beaten and pepper sprayed or arrested. Um, we see cops beating children for mm-hmm. not wearing a mask, you know. And but but the divide is that while we're horrified by that, the left is cheering it on. I mean, they want that here. They legitimately want fascism in the United States. And if you look at Australia, their federal government has something like a sixty-five percent approval rating. I mean, like the majority of of Australians are fine with being slaves, and you, the left here, the Democratic Party here, is is fine with that as well. So it's like I, I don't know how we move forward when half the country sees Australia and is horrified for the future for their family, and half half the country wants Republicans to be beaten on the streets the way that that protesters are beaten on the streets in Australia. Like that that is. The divide isn't just ideological. It's it's I don't know, it's something more deeper and more mm-hmm. sinister than that. I think it's it's really just human nature of we are very tribal and we don't like responsibility. If someone else can do something for you, I think a lot of human beings will go with that rather than taking responsibility for themselves. And I think the danger of something like fascism is that it doesn't even require a majority. All it requires is enough people to keep a fascist state going to go along with it and to benefit from it. And then everyone else can just suffer the consequences. But you do need a significant number of people to go along with it. Like people look at Nazi Germany, for example, and always think, oh, it's just a few bad eggs who convinced everyone of something. No, something like that happened in Germany because so many people already felt that way and were willing to go along with quite a lot of things they were pushing. So anti-Semitism wasn't created overnight in Western Europe and Eastern Europe. It was there for hundreds of years. So they've capitalized on that. I think people need to realize how dangerous some of these systems are and that it doesn't take much to move in that direction. But once you move in that direction, moving backwards is almost impossible. I mean, we've seen just in the last couple of years, we've been talking the changes we've seen and what it would take to undo those changes is very hard to imagine in, in the short term. It's quite terrifying. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at how we've lived the last year and a half and we go back a few years, I mean, the country's unrecognizable. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never could have predicted anything like this would happen. Oh, on Australia, did you see the video, Ian, of uh, he must have been a rugby player or something, uh, but just wrecking those cops, that guy. Oh, when, yeah, when they like broke through from the, a movie. <laughs> yeah, he took down, he incapacitated like five or six cops in the matter of like 10 seconds. It was glorious. By the way, one, one thing, uh, you know, this last year and a half has really reinforced my general... I'm not like a leftist, get rid of all cops kind of guy, but I, I do have an just an anti-cop disposition, and the last year and a half has really just solidified that. <laughs> I, you know, it, it really sealed the deal when cops in Kentucky uh, arrested a pastor for for preaching. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not one of those pro-cop Republicans. Far from it. But um, 
here's the thing, and this is the main point I wanted to get to on the show today, Ian. I'm I'm really starting to come around on the idea of splitting up the United States. Um, I, I really am. A video from Sarah Silverman went around. She's a you know the comedian. She's a hard lefty. Um, it was making the rounds over the weekend where she was suggesting this. Um, and I could see it. I really could. And um, I, I I was talking with somebody close to me this weekend, and and I I know I'm not going to name names or anything, but I know somebody that works for a large corporation here in Ohio. And this company's DMs on social media are filled every single day with liberals taking screenshots of any employee who works for this company who posts something online about how they don't support, like, for instance, vaccine passports, right? And these (coughs) liberals screenshot it and send it to the company's DMs on social media saying, did you know that you have an employee that's a science denier? You have to fire this you know, racist or, you know, like, what is you know, it's all nonsense. But they keep harassing this company every day, all day, trying to get all the Republicans fired from this company. This is a company with tens of thousands of employees. And that's why I can see the country splitting up, because it's not just the government. Like, I, we get that mm-hmm. Joe Biden is a fascist. He, he literally two weeks ago went on TV and declared himself a fascist dictator. We get that he's trying to remake the federal government into a fac- fascist dictatorship. But it's we're used to that, right? Like we on the right, we're used to that. We're used to being oppressed by the state, persecuted by the state. It's coming from the <clears throat> it's coming from the people this time, and that's much scarier. I mean, the Democrats—they're so brainwashed by the press that the persecution of the right isn't just coming from the state. Like I said, we expect it from Joe Biden, but it's coming from our neighbors. Our neighbors are trying to get us fired because we don't want two-year-old children wearing masks all day. Like our neighbors. Mm-hmm want us to be fired because we don't believe everything Anthony Fauci says after he proved himself to be a, a a liar. It's coming from our neighbors. It's not just coming from Joe Biden. And that's how I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a way, but I don't see it yet. I don't see how the country comes together now that the, the persecution of the right has made that jump from just the state to the state and half of the citizens of the United States. Well, I think that's the key part is that it's gone beyond physical places. I don't think this is state level now. It's almost street by street yeah. of there is an issue that doesn't really have anything to do with politics of just co- your position on COVID is now effectively a binary thing. It's been turned into a binary thing with quite amazing political strategy by the left in a way just to divide people over quite literally nothing in a way of, oh, if you're moral, then you agree with all our positions. If you're immoral, you disagree with one of them. But once we're at the point where it's not state by state, it's street by street, the country is almost lost already. Because, yes, we could, let's say we split red states and blue states. But you go to any red state, there are significant blue areas. I live in Nashville right now. There are people who wear masks and scream at other people for not wearing masks. And I'm sure there are in all other manner of red states. I mean, just look at Austin, for example, in Texas, one of the reddest states there is, or certain areas of Florida. This the state level is almost lost too. I, I don't really see how we we go from here. I think the, the worry I have, it wouldn't even be a splitting the country just in terms of landmass. There's going to be a complete split in every way of life. Like everyone will have their own social media, their own way of communicating. People will go to their own schools. We'll have our own banks. We'll have our own products. We'll have our own shops. It's going to be completely segregated along political lines. And it's almost like one side of that one side is completely happy with that. Like the left would like nothing more than just to box out everyone else who's not like them and force them to live separately because then it's like a way of targeting them. 
but I think there are also some conservatives who wouldn't mind that. Once you have that attitude, I'm very worried for the country right now because I, I don't see how we recover from this when both sides of the political aisle have something to gain from this division. And far too many people are happy to just build a fence around a certain area and just sit with people who agree with them and keep away people who don't. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on what we can do about this, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty cynical about it right now. Yeah. Um, the only, like you said, it's not even state by state. It's, uh, you know, not even city by city. It's, it's block by block, like you said. Yep. Um, and, and to save the Republic, we would need, it's either secession or radical decentralization, radical decentralization. And I do think if, if America does break up into two countries or more than two countries, it will be, I mean, like the example that a lot of people that fa- that are in favor of this give is like the European Union, right? But mm-hmm. it wouldn't even look like that because I think it would be this completely new 21st century country, right? Like it wouldn't be like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to have to move to Florida. Or I'm going to have to move to Texas or whatever. Like, I don't even know if that's true. Like, I think they'll just be digital <laughs> countries. You know what I mean? I don't even know if <laughs> yeah. it'll be geographical at all. Like, you might get to the point where you can choose which country you're paying taxes to, which country you want to be a part of. And then you kind of just like people would balkanize, you know, they would make the decision to live around people that are like minded, I think. But like, I think, honestly, it would be like a reimagination of what a country looks like. It wouldn't even be mm-hmm. land masses. It would be something different than that. And then, I don't know, we'd still have some kind of centralized like defense budget or, or something, you know, something like that, probably. Um but I don't know. I, it's either we radically decentralize the United States government quickly or we're heading towards a breakup. Like, I, I, I don't know. But but the thing is, the I think the either we secede, we decentralize, or we lose. <laughs> That's the thing. And yep. uh, honestly, us losing and, and becoming slaves to the left is right now probably the most likely scenario um, because— decentralization is the left's worst nightmare. They'll do anything mm-hmm. to avoid that. They yep. want to, and, and there are some exam. there are some conservative writers who kind of like, you know, some of the guy, and I, I love all my friends over at the daily caller, but a few of them work over there that are like, you know, we, you know, d- no more of the small government stuff. We want to wield power us right wingers. Like we should take over and force the left to live how we want them to. It's like, well, that's crazy and never going to happen. But you know, like if, by and large, and there are like, like you mentioned, there are some exceptions, but by and large, conservatives don't want to force mm-hmm. New York to live how Tennessee lives. You know what I mean? Like, Texas isn't trying to control California. You know what I mean? But California is trying to control Texas and Ohio yeah. and, and Tennessee. You know, like, I don't know. I, to avoid violence, to avoid a lot of pain, the left needs to disarm. I mean, they, they, need, they must disarm. They must stand down. Or there's no future for the country. Well, my concern is I always think back to when we first started talking about COVID in the early days of COVID. I think you were of the position, I think I agree with you, that we did not expect the American population to go along with things quite like they did. Yeah. To the extent they did. Yeah. I think that COVID has shown the left that they can get away with more than they ever dreamed they could. Yeah. I think um, I always think about who's that that. Um, he's a country singer. Is it Aaron Lewis who did that? Um, it, it blew up. It went viral. That song about I would bleed for the country. I would take a bullet for it. All that kind of stuff. I just don't think that's true. 
I think there are some very brave Americans who serve in the military or serve in law enforcement who are willing to put themselves on that line between uh, freedom and chaos and civilization and chaos. I think the vast majority of people like the idea of it, but when push comes to shove, they don't. Yeah. Um, they, they wouldn't take a bullet for the country. They wouldn't stand up for what's right over what's wrong. They would just do what's easiest in the moment because that's what humans have done for most of their existence. That's the worry, is that without a common set of values, without almost a common enemy that we've had for a long time, when there is nothing to rally um, around, there isn't really much left beyond just that that selfishness and that laziness we see in every direction now. There are very few people who are actually willing to stand up for what's right. And it's just easier to go along with what you're being told. I also think when you were saying about the conservatives generally don't want to force the left to do various things, but the left want to force conservatives to do various things. I think that's completely true. But let's imagine it almost as a tug of war. If two, two sides are playing a different game. If you've got an infinite amount of time, one side is pulling as hard as they can, and one side is not pulling or pushing and just trying to stand still. There's only one direction that rope is ever going to go. Yeah. And I think that's that's the problem conservatives have is that we're, we're almost happy to be playing the game of let's try not to move when really we need to be trying to pull the rope back, not to force people to be conservative, but to force people back into this. Just it's, it's hard to think of the word, honestly, but just a way of thinking in which tolerance and fundamental American principles are at the center of it again, because yeah. we are so far lost from that, that any conversation we have is a waste of time because the left, all they care about is dragging people over to the left. Yeah. It's, it's not good. I, I think the the complete lack of willingness to actually stand up for what's right and what's wrong, not with violence necessarily, but just to speak what is true. We have seen millions of people not do that. To be willing it's to sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not <laughs> you know, we're not talking about the Battle of the Bulge here. You know, we're not talking about parachuting in to, to fight Nazis and, and probably lose your life. We're, we're talking about sacrificing something, some money or some time or, or some social standing or maybe your Twitter account. Yeah. You know, and, and the the fact that I, I think the most disheartening thing for me, and, and this is what really bothered me, and I, I took very personally because I am a Christian, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way on, on the Jewish side of things, but um, the most disheartening thing for me was last year when the pastors went along with it. They mm-hmm. shut their they shut their churches down. And man, I did not I did not see that coming. Nope. I really didn't. I mean I th- I thought the 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 faith leaders, you know, w- would would stand up and they didn't. They they I mean every single preacher in the country should have been willing to go to prison. Every single one should have kept the doors of their churches open and said, I'm here. I'm going to preach every Sunday. Come get me. And they didn't. They didn't. Very few. I mean, like a handful out of the tens of thousands yep. in the country. And it's like, man, even if even if the pastors and, and, the, and the rabbis and, and aren't, aren't willing to stand up, it's like, man, it, it's it's crazy. And like, you know, I and that's. I've always, you know, taken this middle ground between conservatism and libertarianism. And, and like, I, you know, the even to this day, I mean, the conservatives call me a libertarian and, and the libertarians call me a conservative because I'm, you know, I don't check off enough boxes for either one of them or whatever. But it's like I'm at the point now where I, I mean, I do not identify as a conservative just because conservatism makes me sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, I think Michael Malice coined the phrase that, you know, uh, conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I mean, like, yeah. what? Like what? A conservative stands athwart history, yelling, "Sure, I'll do whatever the state tells me to do." Like what? What? <laughs> you know, stands athwart history, yelling, uh, "Yeah, you can shut down my church, and I'll do nothing to stop you." It's like that. What? That that's American conservatism. It's like what have you conserved? I mean, this is look around. We're in a fascist dictatorship right now. I mean, it's it's incredible. Like I don't even want to be associated with the word conserv. You know, with conservatism. You know, it's like, man, COVID just blew it all up. And, and and obviously a lot of people on the right are, they're correcting in the wrong way. <laughs> Where they're, mm-hmm. like, they're adopting leftist tactics. Like, all right, fine. When we take power, we'll oppress you. And it's like, all right, guys, that's that. there's nothing conservative about that either. I, I, how about we get back to property rights and, and, you know, personal autonomy and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I think the most that... that we should have seen it as a much bigger red flag when the church is shut down than we did at the time. Yes, I agree. You know? I agree completely because it's, it was just open season on conservatives. Like the left knew that they could really do anything at that point when the people whose job it is to stand up for what's right and wrong didn't, then yeah. you don't really have a hope for the average person. Yeah. It's not good. It's it's really not good. And I, I think just the fact that the left know they can get away with anything at this point, Conservatives also need to start understanding that they need to learn how to exist in a world where they, they are not just the mirror to the left. We've got to start being able to stand on our own ideals and our own principles as what is right without having to say, like, oh, well, compared to the left, we are better. Yeah. It's like the, the left can exist regardless of who they have to oppose. All they need is like a rich person or someone who they can present as greedy and society will always have that. Conservatives need to start pushing things like individual rights property rights, personal responsibility, without always having to use the left as some mirror that makes them just the better of two evils. I think that's another problem with conservatives, that they they find it impossible to exist without just the socialist to laugh at and scoff at. We're just as bad as the left in many ways, and I think that's that's one of the biggest problems we have. Yeah, I think that I'm pretty sure that was another uh, William F. Buckley quote from the 60s, that it's it's not good enough to be anti-communist. You have to tell them what you're for. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that is a huge problem with the American right. I mean, we're just we're anti woke, anti PC, anti whatever. For five years a lot of people made it their identity to be anti Colin Kaepernick for some reason. You know what I mean? It's like no no yeah. no no. You can't just be anti all of this stuff. What what are you for? Or, or what are you doing to preserve property rights? Mm-hmm. Or why are you anti those things? Right. I think a lot of people a lot of people are anti things because it is fun to be an anti something. You're you're opposing something it's a community you can round around it gives you a sense of identity but i think there are a lot of people who are anti things i'm one of them i think it's a natural way of thinking sometimes yeah but people need to stop thinking like why do i feel this way like why is socialism bad why is communism bad why is universal healthcare bad i think a lot of people just go through life thinking something is good or bad without ever being able to explain to themselves why i think that's that's key to why we're losing right now is because we don't have that why yeah and I'll, i mean i'll talk about my own people too on the libertarian side, I mean, I pointed out a bunch of the flaws in American conservatism, and I'll point out the flaws in American libertarianism as well. Um, and th- and that's this is what's been so disheartening to me. Um, if I'm anti anything, I'm just anti the state. I'm anti statist. I, I want to shrink the government radically and drastically because um, I believe that's the only way to preserve property rights. Um, and I've I'll, I'll, me and a lot of other a lot of libertarians have had to come to grips. A lot of them won't. Um, a lot of them won't. A lot of them will keep repeating, though, they're a private corporation. They can 
do whatever they want. They can murder as many children as they want. They can <laughs> oppress as many. They can enslave as many people. Stop. Yeah, like it's not good enough just to be anti-state. Um, like I said, with this this corporation in Ohio, that it's not Joe Biden trying to get all of their Republican employees fired. It's not Barack mm-hmm. Obama. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's not AOC. It's your neighbor. Like it's it's and that's that's the most devastating part of all of this. And as a libertarian, I'm constantly having to check myself because I, I have this bias against anything government does, right? So it's like if something bad is happening, I'm just going to go ahead and assume it's the government's fault, right? Mm-hmm. But we're seeing evil from everyday citizens, both in business and just private. I mean, just privately trying to. If, you don't wear a mask. Your neighbor's gonna try to get you fired. You know, like just e- these leftists are are behaving in an evil manner, and it's not just coming from the state. It's coming from private industry. It's coming from just private citizens. Yeah. You know, snitching on their friends. You know what I mean? Like it's not just the state. And so, as a as a libertarian, like that's been a huge flaw in my thinking, my whole life. That's been exposed. You know, I've definitely been exposed on this podcast. Like I've gotten so much stuff wrong because of that bias against just government, where it's like I'm missing the forest through the trees occasionally noticing mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a lot of evil going on in private business too. You know what I mean? Just because yep. they make money and it's a capitalist society doesn't mean they're good. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's my own blind spot that I've been wrestling with over the last year and a half. I think another blind spot is people need to realize the direction of how things happen. I think they look at people like AOC and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, and then they see people being left wing and they think, ah, okay. AOC Sanders, all these people cause people to be this way. They don't. Politicians react to the way the tide is blowing because they yes. care more about their own power than anything else. Yes. Joe Biden isn't making people more radical. Joe Biden is reacting to people's radicalism. Yeah. I think you need. we need to realize that. It's like getting someone out of office isn't going to fix all those people who are cheering no. for Joe Biden and wearing pussy hats. No. That's not going to make them change their mind all of a sudden. That's where the battle really is, not just which old, decrepit old man we can get to the White House each year. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that radicalism isn't going away. I mean, I wish there was more radicalism on the right. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, I, I, I wish um, we were a little bit more radical in the way we presented our ideas. I mean, I think if we could radical- Just unafraid. I think unafraid yes. is the better word, honestly. Yeah. Just the, the conservatives love to tiptoe around issues. Rather than saying, no, abortion is murder. I'm going to approach abortion because it is murder. Yes. It's always- half-hearted and kind of trying to avoid offense and it's no we need to start just speaking clearly and honestly about what is true that is the whole point of our movement i know i mean sometimes it feels like mitt romney edits the conservative movement's (laughs) language you know what i mean it's like it's like shoved through a mitt romney filter or something a mitt romney translator drives me crazy i mean it's like there's only one answer to the left's question how many people have to die before you live like a slave. No, the only answer is every single man, woman, and child on earth would have to die before we give up our God-given liberties. Every single person, you and I included. That's the only answer. That's not a friendly answer. That's not a PC answer. Mitt Romney sure as shit isn't going to say that. But it's the truth. How many, how many school shootings before you give up your AR-15? Every school child on earth would have to be murdered. Every single one. And then they'd have to come kill me, too. Okay, like, no. We're, like, there, we can't compromise on this. There's no, oh, fine, I'll just wear a mask. Oh, fine, I'll just, you know, whatever. No, stop. Stop. We are not all Mitt Romney. My goodness, stop acting like it. 
Well, again, though, it comes down to us as well as a society being willing to hear uncomfortable realities of just the world. Like the fact that violence will always exist, evil will always exist. It's about how we manage it while also protecting our rights first and foremost, rather than trying to avoid the issue of rights by just letting government save us from ourselves. We as voters need to get better at realizing the world we live in and understanding the reality of that world rather than just all of us to some extent believe in this almost paganistic idea that you can vote for the right king. If we just get the right person in, everything will be fine, we'll be safe, and we'll all live forever. And that's, of course, not true. But conservatives are just as guilty of this as, as the left. It's just not yeah. central to our ideology. But all people are really the same. We just want to have our, our king who just does all the things we want, and then everything will be fine. And it's just not... That's what makes America America so amazing. We need to return to that idea that maybe it's not about just having the right king in place. It's about having the right ideas and just leaving people to it. But it's going to be hard to, to push back to that now. We've had hundreds of thousands of years of just animals working this way. We're not that unique in a lot, in a lot of ways. Freedom was always going to How die depressing. eventually, right? Like freedom mm-hmm. was going to lose eventually. I mean, the entire American experiment hinges on denying human nature itself <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah going back to it's a battle with human nature thousands every and thousands of years i mean the israelites wanted to go back to egypt where there was food man i mean it goes back that was four thousand years ago right like people want security people want comfort people want a king or a pharaoh or an emperor or whatever a czar mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it people desire that and it took a bunch of madmen. <laughs> to, to write the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And it took a one-in-a-billion leader like George Washington to, to to give the crown away, to lay it yeah. down, and to leave office. I mean, that was, I mean, that if it were anyone else in that position, you and I wouldn't have made that decision. There's no way. If we could become king of... The, of, of like a brand new continent that people had just discovered a couple hundred years earlier. Yeah, like my goodness, like I, I wouldn't have had the balls to leave. I mean, there's no way most people wouldn't. Maybe no one else would. Maybe he was the one man on earth put there by God for that time and place because he was the only one who would have been willing to to avoid becoming a dictator. And well, that's man, why um just yeah yeah go ahead. Oh, sorry. But I, I just think that's why Lord of the Rings is such an amazing analogy in all these, these cases. Just yeah. like the idea of giving up power is something that doesn't matter how physically strong you are. It's it's like a mental strength that very few people possess. The idea of giving up unbelievable power is something that we just cannot do. It's like a haunting control over us. And I think that's what we see every day. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last time government really gave power back was under Harding and Coolidge in the 20s, you know, in the early 20s. Um, and it hasn't happened since, and it's been 100 years. So, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I don't know. What? Wow. What What a, what a lousy... <laughs> what a downer for a Monday morning. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, man. Uh, sorry, folks. May, you know, look, maybe we'll look back in a year and laugh. Oh, I can't believe we were talking about seceding from the Union and all that. Everything turned out fine. Crazy if we're allowed to listen to podcasts from our gulag. <laughs> yeah, if we're allowed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If we're allowed to communicate with each other in a year. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, read your stuff and follow you online and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, thanks for having me as always. Uh, you can just find me over at the Daily Wire. Um, I'm on Morning Wire almost every day, so you can, should like and subscribe to that podcast too. It's like a 15-minute daily news update. And then I'm on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. And uh, yeah, follow me. And thanks as always for having me, Brady. Absolutely. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>